Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. This is the Know Thyself Podcast. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. <laughs> I am Eduardo and I'm here with my guy, Daniel. Well, hello. There you are. Um, took took a second. Um, full disclosure: we're in two different cities right now, and so you know we always have to make sure our schedules lined up. But when they do, I'm I'm always happy, man. Like I know I keep looking at you, and it's nice to have a camera um, to be able to see you during this interaction because it's always important, right? You know, um, getting back to this topic has been sort of a its own path, but always exciting to sit with you and. Once I mull over a lot of these ideas or have them sort of sit with me for long enough, you know, just having the conversation with you about what it could mean or what it really represents in terms of a topic um, is always, you know, very exciting. And more specifically, getting back onto the Tarot and the Major Arcana and the Chariot. And the Chariot's been not necessarily tricky. I don't think it's tricky. I just think there's a lot to be said, but there's also... um, you know, I think there's like sort of a need for precision, at least from me, of understanding what these images really represent and how they are that continuation of understanding the mirror of the soul. Uh, and I know that you've talked about these images in, in terms of like a mandala. And I like when you talk about that as well. And we should get into that um, when we when we get to that point. But, you know, there's so much to unfold with the chariot. And, and like always, you know, this is not only a continuation of the conversation, but an evolution of the understanding and the description or the way we've described rather the previous seven cards. Um, So I'm going to stop talking right now and let you take it away, my friend, because again, I'm overjoyed to have the conversation with you. Um, So let's go. No, absolutely, man. And you know, I love having these conversations with you. And this, this has been a subject that, needed gestation, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and it is the card that calls for right action. And I think that there was a very critical component of, you know, by learning this card, there was this unique application that was kind of called for its, from its archetypal principles in, in ways that I don't think we, neither yourself or myself really foresaw Mm -hmm. when it kind of comes to, you know, this idea that we're riding in our own individual chariot. Sorry, I'm I, again, I'm smiling. Maybe I should just stop putting the camera on my face, but c- continue because I, I really like how you said. Oh, ride. OK. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. This no, is no, just keep that. Yeah, just keep no, we'll that. We'll keep going. The right action. Because, just I love the way you said that. That's what made me smile. I'm like, I like that. OK, so go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> OK, I love it. Well, no, no, man, that's, we get excited about these topics and it is, it's the card of right action. Right. And, you know, when you look at the chariot, you don't really think of a card that's ruled by the astrological sign cancer, yes. but it really is. It's this, it's this self-contained empire of, of like where our thy kingdom is. And it's this understanding of this internal embodiment and right action being, you know, directed by the unified will. Um, the, the unified consciousness is directing the vessel. 
directing the spiritual body within this realm. And the chariot is such an interesting thing because like you're in your chariot and I'm in my chariot. And that's why sometimes this life does kind of feel like bumper cars because there's other conscious forces of containment of universal life force that are also collapsing timelines in our reality. And so we get it influenced by other riders. And it's this interesting card because the chariot is really kind of representing our archetypal journey through the 10,000 constellations. And that chariot is our chariot of like our own solar orb. As we go through all of these experiences through these larger astrological stories, which is the constellation. Um, so it's, it's the chariot of the gods. And this is why you are so unique because you're this moving, walking, dazzling star that travels through the constellations through free will, but by guided by love. And you know, inspired by character. Oh, stop! You're you making me blush. All of these archetypal realms. You, this just, is you. I'm, I'm talking about totally you right kidding. now. No, I love it. I love it. But that's what this is. You know, the chariot is this this component. But the idea of guiding this by right action and the unified, you know, self internal expressing itself out. Um, and so, you know, it's it is a celebration, and I think that this is cause for celebration because we're connected in conversation for the first time and in, in, uh, in a space that we would love to be shortened between. Um, Absolutely. but that's it. And this, the seventh, yeah. Oh, so, but yeah, so I'm just, it's, it's going to be a really fascinating card. And I know the numbers of seven and ultimately eight will be something that we look into, but on that component, because you, you did, um, I saw that beautiful smile when I did say right action. Um, how did that resonate with you with that kind of conversation and like kind of taking that lens approaching this, this conversation with yeah. the chariot? Um, yeah, I couldn't help just because, you know, there's, we have these ideas after we, you know, sort of break down the card, study the card, you know, step away from it, come back and sort of formulate, um, you know, not just a thought, but also an internal realization of itself. And so right action just sort of resonates with the idea of when I look at the, card and and study it there's a lot of things as you mentioned to celebrate with a victory of internal um well well, this internal victory by executing with the higher self and i shouldn't even say executing but just you know understanding how to make that right action that right choice that sort of helps Mm -hmm. us prevail and sit with ourselves internally though you know you're not necessarily walking away Mm -hmm. from something that isn't great maybe but you're maybe walking away from something that isn't great for you at this moment and making that choice in order to elevate yourself or elevate your your perspective or your your point of view you know it, that's that's on you to do that and when you can make that choice cuz you know better not because someone told you or because even of a, a traumatic experience you should have a small victory with yourself to go you know what i walked away or i you know found a path to stick to and nothing's really going to get in the way of that right now because it's driven by, you know, self-righteousness, passion, and the will to, you know, again, activate that higher self, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Love, truth, and wisdom. And that's what the chariot is going to be guided by. And I think it's really important when we're looking at the cards to, again, explore the variety that we've seen 
as these two leading forces and in the Wade Smith mm-hmm. deck, we see two Sphinx where other, other decks, we might see right. horses and old Egyptian decks. We might see dogs. Um, now all of these are going to represent their own spiritual introspection that we need to take. And so understanding it through all of these different representations of these forces that tow us through consciousness and toll us through time. Um, you know, again, it's, it's almost like you're getting towed through this reality and you're nice. kind of like getting, it's like almost like pulling you through. And that's kind of what these, these two polar forces are going to represent. But with what you were talking about with right action, that is what this card is signifying because the Waite Smith deck is going to write it in this Egyptian format to show the championing mm-hmm. of this card already. Where in the past, it was more of looked at as like, you know, learning the control of the senses and, and understanding how to validate the senses and, you know, validate it with our, our own internal real, like resources to kind of help guide the senses. Um, but when it shows it with the Sphinx, it really shows that that, that has all been championed. We're kind of seeing it from this really high perspective of what these two leading forces are. And it, it really is. It's the, it's the yin and the yang. It's the, it's the light and the darkness. And it's the two components of our consciousness. It's the driving, protruding masculine fe- um, force. And it's the intuitive receiving feminine force. And they're in this, this unified balance. Um, that we see by the representation of the Sphinx, we know that those, those senses are at the highest spiritual attunement, which are validated by inner resources. Right. So, you know, kind of like one of the things we've spoken about is as this reality kind of continues in it, the process of how it's unfolding, the, even the like, validation of your senses is going to get um limited you know because of like things we spoke about with like deep fakes you know chat gpt they could like take your voice and make you sound so it's kind of interesting we're we're kind of reaching a time in spiritual development when we can't even like we have to take our five senses and take in what they're you know grabbing from this reality and what we're processing but there has to be this internal validation of does this feel true or not but it's not going to be as you know as as like um as light as day as it used to be um when it kind of comes because there is this kind of component of the universal the matrix is just kind of getting thicker and so when the matrix gets it kind of has to get denser and with that aspect this component of like trusting the inner resources to validate the senses um, and that's what the Sphinx is kind of showing because it has this stern, quiet, slow approach to it, but it's methodical and it's based in like a philosophical um, foundation and it kind of keeps going a little bit different than the horses. Horses are going to represent more of like the raw senses. Um, and so when we kind of think of it in this way, it's the chariot is also the like the overcoming of our five sense gratification and like our, you know, even our addiction Mm -hmm. to five senses and then our addiction to five senses leads to the fear of not being to experience through the five senses. And it's like this, you know, this, this like, it's like poison from the same vine for the individual. Um, It's like a process of decay. 
So we can we can also see just this like this guiding aspect of the chariot as like even the understanding of how the sense organs work in the operation of the spiritual unfoldment and how the senses are a great tool, but they should never become master. And when we can we can imagine just by, you know, by by breaking down things of like thinking about how it would over like it would play itself out, we can see what happens if somebody's if their sensations are their master and the, the ability for, you know, glamour and even just like lust, how destructive it can be on the spiritual path. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, with, uh, with great, you know, knowledge comes that responsibility we talked about, but yeah, there's a lot alluding to the fact that there's a conquering factor here with the imagery and especially with the Sphinx being traded out from the horses, um, you know, just sort of dominating that um, mysterious side of life and actually not even dominating, but understanding how to utilize it to guide you through and guide you away from maybe the noise and the chaos that you see in the card in the background of the city. Because you don't, I was saying this before, but you don't have to run from it. You make that choice because maybe right now it's not what serves you, but there might be a lot of purpose in that city behind him as well. But you know, none of these images are for no no reason at all. And, um, you know, we see a lot of components that are alluding to that victory of the soul in a way um, in this period that we, this you know, this image finds itself in, you know. So you have things that are bright, they're shiny, they're, you know, some are uh, above, some are in the center and some are below. But all of it in the entire card itself you know, allude to this victory that will break down. So it does make sense what you're saying. And, you know, I know I want to talk a little bit about this idea with, um, I know I read about it in 78 degrees of wisdom of the maturity, but that's still the champion of, you know, um, the choices we make, you know, that acceleration uh, opportunity to go even further, much quicker um, now that you have made a choice or have really, you know, found yourself at the center of knowing what the higher self is and what, you know, a lower self is. And those senses and dominating those senses, you know, put you in that position, obviously, once you recognize what they are. But I do think it's amazing what you said about um, the matrix getting thicker, because it's true, though, it is going to be harder to find ways to internally find this reward, find this, um, you know, inner victory after applying, say, a set of discipline um, to um, to anything that's out there that gives you that fulfillment, that reward. Right now, that reward has been turned on to us by being given to us so much quicker that we're not getting that internalization as we would if we were to do something that was arduous or time consuming that has maybe just a reward for you. So like you build something for yourself with your own hands or with your own effort and it takes a long time. It's not just the object you built that you walk away with, but also the victory of conquering um, the difficulty that it must have taken or also the challenges that came with it um, that you'll take for the rest of your life. You know, um, so again, I digress, but let's go ahead. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that's so much what the city represents in the background is the past accomplishments, is the is the crowning of past achievements. 
Um, it could either be leaving a city of like conquering or it could be a city that was created. But either way, there's this understanding that like the spiritual journey moves on and it's not about just sitting under the shade of what we've created. The shade is, you know, we, we plant trees to bear fruit for the future. Um, we don't just sit under the, you know, the chair with the chariot right. moves and the chair moves forward. And, you know, and that's again, this, this unique pulling component of, of the black and the white right in front of us. And when we kind of are, Thinking about, okay, well, what does this chariot represent with this, this idea of it's astrologically connected to the card of cancer? Um, we kind of travel back to this understanding of the difference between the horses and the sphinx. Um, you know, the horse is, has a very unique, like phonetic connection with the word whore. Um, but not using whore in the exoteric sense, more using whore in the idea of the spiritual sense of somebody who is guided, led, and just completely controlled by desire and sensation, mm -hmm. right? And so we have this individual who's completely controlled. Well, we can kind of see this with even the phonetic connection um, and this idea that the human this needs to be something that we're aware of because this is like the beast within. Um, but it's the, it's the R complex of the consciousness that under proper direction is what is needed for survival. But again, there's this, this hierarchy of the levels of consciousness, what this card is looking for us to explore. And it's, it's looking for us to over explore this, this graduation out of that R complex or the reptilian brain, which is so important provided by these horses, but needs to be contained by the rider. Um, horses are a really interesting animal because they have this interconnection with humans, but a horse is very reactionary. Um, and so one of the things that we also kind of see with this chariot card is the understanding of, of even like, processing what true danger is and what fear mm. is. And that's why this card has this inner strength of right action. And that's why this gets developed. Um, and that's something that we trade and we work with, with the horses. Um, you know, like a horse can spook very well. A horse can, um, you know, it can react to something like a garden hose thinking it's a snake and it can react really like, in an aggressive way. Well, usually not in too aggressive a way that damages the horse, but a lot of times it it damages the, uh, the, the uh, occupier of the horse or anybody who's like near it. Right. So they are this like animal that has to be approached with care and there needs to be training that beats that's not goes only to the rider, but also to the horse. And so this is, this is telling us deeper about this relationship that human have with horses and even the component of like the term right from the horse's mouth. The, the chariot is our container. So it's also going to be the boundaries and the protection of what comes into us. Um, and that's what these sphinx are going to protect us from. The horses will alert you from danger, like we just spoke about. But that's where, like, the Egyptian dog comes in. And that's, like, the protection of the two pillars of our consciousness, our active and our passive. As, you know, vibrations from this environment are introduced into our consciousness, it decides what stays and what has to go. And so these, these, these watchdogs can even become the watcher of your thoughts and the watchers of your emotional programs. And you can actually like, 
you know, they, if a negative thought comes in, the dogs just growl and it doesn't even make its way into your conscious awareness. So it becomes this unique kind of form of protection. But when it's not, when there's no training, there's no connection there. The dogs are going to bark wild at fears that aren't real. The horses are going to run wild. And so we really can kind of see this sphinx as like a coming together of even both of them, of this like gradual understanding of, of what that means. And the sphinx is kind of representation of, of almost like this, this higher philosophy that we're led by that's ruled by these, like the zodiac sign of Sagittarius. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. If you think about like a centaur, a centaur, right, is a, is a horse body with a human torso and head. Um, the torso on the centaur and the, the higher, like the human body of it means like the idea that Sagittarius is the champion of the animal consciousness by the human consciousness, right? And so it has the movement, the speed, the agility of an animal, and it has animal connections as instincts, but it's ruled by the higher consciousness. That's what we're kind of trying to create with the beast within or the, the, the two that's within me. Um, you know, the inner shadow. It's always about this like incorporation, but then the utilization of both of those energies coming together in the chariot, expressing themselves in the most spiritually fulfilling and like growing way. Um, and so this, this idea of the centaur, if you kind of think about it, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, even how the centaur positions its back. Um, it's, it's head kind of like protrudes out, um, and it's chest is actually leading. Um, and this is a really interesting thing because if you actually sit with your proper posture and you like kind of sit like you're supposed to, you, your head, your chest does get pushed out. Um, and what that's showing to you is this like esoteric pulling of your heart into this reality of the experiences that you encounter. This is what the light sphinx represents. It represents what you're manifesting with the, like the vibration of the electro, the electricity of your heart. And then the dark sphinx is going to represent like this, this, the almost like the magnetic pull that also your shadow or the unincorporated component or just your subconscious. So not even so much about the shadow. It's like you would incorporate it, but your subconscious, the pull of your subconscious, which is going to be like an archetypal pull. And this is where your pull of your astrological energy pulls you forward through time. Um, and so both of these energies, your electricity and your magnetism are pulling you through time. And it's pulling you in this procession of this parade through the 10,000 constellations and you're getting pulled through this. And this is why you have to like know your rider. And this is why we kind of like see it as this, this championing. Well, the Sphinx are going to be your best guide through that um, because of their higher understanding and they lead and they help you lead with that heart center. Um, it's really fascinating. If you like take your hand and run it down the front of your face and then like over your chest, even like through your torso, you'll feel certain areas of like protruding force. And if you think about all three of those areas, they all do have three big components of your consciousness that not only create what you put into this reality, but also 
is like the lens that you observe what this reality feeds back to you from your patterns that you input into it. Um, and so it's this interesting unifying energy of like how we actually operate in this time sense conundrum that we like, you know, move through. But now we can see this electromagnetic kind of pulling, pushing energy that's pulling and pushing things to us and pulling things away from us. If that oh, makes totally. sense. No, I'm really glad you brought that much into the idea of the Sphinx because, you know, with the Sphinx representing that sort of duality, right. In life, we'll, we'll talk about the chariot's crest, right? Like what that represents on the chariot and the idea of, the lingam and the yoni and the symbolism that represents both male and female. Yeah. But when you break down the Sphinx and what that represents in the light and the dark, you know, I know we've talked about this before, you know, and we even talked about it with the columns and the high priestess card. Um, you know, and, and I know you already mentioned the yin and the yang. Um, but I do like the, the idea that they were changed from horses to Sphinx because again, the Sphinx, you know, representing that sort of mysterious um, approach to, to what we need to explore in our, in our life, um, just kind of is, I don't know, well-defined with that image. And so, um, yeah. So, so thank you. So it does make sense. And again, I wanted to go back if we can to the chariot's crest, cause you can see the image on the crest, but it, it, it sort of coincides with what you're saying about everything regarding the, the Sphinx, right? No, absolutely. And the, the wheel and axer axle, um, and this understanding of even this, the biblical connections to the book of Enoch that come right. from this card. Um, obviously like the Hindu, re the, um, Vedic philosophy, um, really shows that this card is a collection of universal archetypal mystery set schools from all over. Um, but again, when we approach the card, we have to approach a lot of these cards as, the spiritual championing of this card, but really remember it, all the layers that make up it, you know, like the, just the idea of like thinking about directing a carriage and that unique energy of the, the two pulling forces, you know, we, we've never had to experience that. Like we never had to experience like driving a carriage, but it would be quite the, the mental meditation um, an experience, if you think about like holding the reins of two like driving oh, yeah. forced animals, um, well, now that's like, if we can take that lens and now sit into the, our chariot and imagine our consciousness and our subconsciousness in front of us, it's, it's the same kind of pulling energy. Um, and how we can see when we create and we lead by the white, which would be like the yang. And we lead by this component of motion. All we will see and all we will experience is like the motion of this reality. Um, but then if we're like leading too much with the other reins and all we see is meaning, but there's no right. motion, it's just as destructive. It's just as like, it won't take the chariot on its course, you know, through the, through the constellation, through these, all these archetypal journeys. Um, so like that idea of holding the reins between the two level, the two like hemispheres of your consciousness and guiding that is, I think, the deepest way to even approach the, that Yanni symbolism right from the, right from the get go. Um, and understanding how that wheel turns and like how we're always moving forward, getting pulled by time. But it's, it's we who can kind of position the guiding of the cart. So we're not just bumping all over the place and, you know, um, causing destruction to ourselves and right. to others which 
obviously happens to all of us at some point in time in our life. But in this case, it's a sweet victory because of that sort of champion of understanding how to have that meditation properly in order to control two different wills, you know, in terms of, you know, independent, uh, independent thinkers that can go in each direction, but having them be unified is, is definitely a victory uh, in my book, you know what I mean? You're, you're ready to venture out with confidence, you know, you're ready to just, you know, go forward, but even turn around, turn in any direction you want to, it doesn't have to just be in one direction, you know, it's just a unified direction. And so that's what I really enjoy about the meaning of the card. And, you know, you can describe so much from this card in a nutshell, if you will, just from the understanding of the Sphinx and having that, you know, um, clear path but also the skill set to hold on to the rings the reins you know in the way that you need to in order to take direction which is again back to the idea of this being um not just an acceleration of the choices you're making but also um you know why it's a victory why why he's glowing why he's so illuminated in this image you know all, all the images that are around him you know what i mean from the stars above to you know what um what the wand represents and everything else. And so, again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but you know, it's all kind of just right there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and I think it's, and again, when we kind of approach this card as this, this unique displaying of the highest octave that we can view this archetype from, we see that the, the writer isn't even holding physical reins. You know, and so it's, it shows that mental connection, um, and the idea of the invisible force that is guiding the will. And that's what we're really looking for is this expression of this divine will. Um, and the, this, the alchemical marriage completed so it can make the prodigal son. It can make the Christ consciousness, the Christ creation, you know, as this as this aspect of what like protrudes from us and so the seventh card of the chariot with that number of creation really shows this this understanding of kind of a completion that kind of comes but also a completion that leads into generation when we think about it as you know really being numerically valued as the eighth card when we when we tie in the the fool with it um but yeah, I, I think this, this idea of, you know, the, the reins being invisible, um, and the connection with the mind's ability to analyze and validate what the senses are presenting to it. And that is that emotional component of the heart. The heart is the only one that's going to be able to validate what the senses are bringing in from this reality, because this reality, there's more than meets the eye. Um, even in with just the component of what we store and collect from our shared reality, we're only taking in like 5% of what this reality is actually presented. You know, there's limitations to this vessel that we're in. Um, and so there's so much that goes under the, under the observation. Um, and so when we think about this, um, this component of the chariot, in the idea of validating our senses, it's really going to lead us to this like guiding force of this, the heart leading the way. And that's again, why when we were speaking about how the heart protrudes out of the chest, that's, that's that component as the heart really like pulls us through into this reality. And it's kind of funny because again, when you run your hand over your face, you also touch your nose, which is that idea of 
the the component the component of your consciousness that you don't see that generates some of your experiences in this five sense reality and it's the actual and by it's the misunderstanding of that nose in the collective that's generating the collective shadow that we're experiencing in this reality um and so it's it's so it's such this this balance of like understanding what we don't see um, and having the heart guide us through that way. And then obviously, like if you continue down, you feel either like the protruding, like, you know, masculine sexual organs or you, you feel the feminine intuitive, like feminine, like sexual organs. But in the, but in like the representation on the feminine body, we see that the heart is protruding out and we can see this component of even how the masculine is more of an external movement into this reality. And the feminine is more of a taking in intuitive inward movement in this reality. Um, again, both playing together and within all of us. Um, but we can see this in even this, this component of, of like our operation, um, how your neck is centered over your body is actually really important. Um, obviously, like, you know, we stretch out our spines to release and like open up the spinal cord, but you want your head positioned a little bit behind your heart because you do want the bi- vibration of the beat of your drum leading your path. Uh, and we kind of like guide that way. And so um, when we actually like keep our neck backs, the heart is in that guiding force. And if you think about it, like the most modern individuals are kind of crouched over on like keyboards. And from that, they kind of like crouch over and even their posture, especially like their neck posture. And it's so interesting because like there's, and I'm not saying there's a direct correlation, but there could be definitely data points that would be interesting to discover of like how much more linear that makes your consciousness. And and, and, and like as you, because one, you're not opening up your neck, which is a direct connection to you know, your, your spinal, like the foundation of your spine and your brain. So we know that that's such an important neurotransmitter area of, um, of, you know, receiving and putting out messages. Um, but there is that understanding too, of like the head kind of lunging over in this, like this way over the heart. And we kind of become more guided through that way in like a linear logical and again, not, not influenced and not nurtured and gestated bigger ideas with that feminine, intuitive, holistic understanding, you know, more of that rainbow rather than the black and white. I don't know if there's even like a correlation there, but I do find it really interesting of the movement of the spine, the adjustment of the back, yoga, any kind of time that you put more attention to elongating that, that's always beneficial. Um, and, um, it, it would make sense of why, again, why the, why the centaurs have such a bold stance. Any, any like religious art you see of a centaur, always look at its posture. And that's to control the beaster components of itself. Like there's, it's, that's not, that's something that we're supposed to investigate there. Um, with that, with that whole archetypal image, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Again, I mean, if you break down the, the, I guess the chariot tier, you know, he stands, you know, direct, he's straight, he's upright, you know, his shoulders mm-hmm. are back. He's, you know, in, in this case, he's not even, um, he's not even holding onto the reins. And we've talked about that before in terms of posture and confidence and how that actually, you know, it's something you have to not necessarily internalize before you act on it physically, but you have to be self-aware of 
what kind of energy you're bringing, not just um, from within to the world out, but how it actually aids you in something that needs your attention to detail because you're not going to get where you want to go, you know, crouched over looking down at the ground. You'll just end up running into a wall or some kind of immovable or even movable object that'll take you off your path. And in this case, you're seeing the opposite of that. And again, this is what's fascinating about this card. I didn't think we were going to, and not necessarily um, encompass it all through starting with the Sphinx, but that was a great starting point because normally when we break down the cards, and if you're a new listener, you know, you can listen to the rest of the series, the Tarot, but, you know, we'll go and break down each image that's on the card. And I think we'll still do that, but it's kind of self-explanatory when you see each image, you know, alluding to the fact of what is being um, controlled here. And by control, I just sort of mean, you know, the understanding and the um, connection the understanding and connection to the higher self, which then, you know, aids you in all the other tools that are in your hand, rather than breaking down the tools and why does this tool in his his hand? Oh, it's because he's getting to a point. No, he's already at the point. So what he's carving away at isn't necessarily not important, but it's a tool that is needed at this moment because of where the choices are going and or what the choices are going to lead to. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the tool that's making the man. It's just the man that's going to, or the individual who's going to, you know, use these to, you know, carve out or to set a path in this case with the chariot itself, because the chariot is really that representation of, you know, you said uh, earlier how it, um, it's a, it's a container, you know, it's like everything in that container is going into this direction. You know what I mean? Um, you know, even like, uh, and I don't want to jump around all over the place, but the wand, you know, the wand itself, it's like, well, the wand won't do anything unless you understand, you know, how to manifest and how to really direct the will, you know, with the tool that's in your hand, you know what I mean? And so again, these images come up fast, but they're all from that foundational understanding of, you know, taking over the yin and the yang, but also having awareness of what to do with that. You know, it's not just absorb, observing and then absorbing it. It's being able to act on it, you know. We definitely have the guidance um, being shown through the wand. Um, in its upright position, you know, having the idea that, you know, the the guidance comes from above through the spiritual discernment and it's pulled down into this reality and it's collapsed into this form. Um, and I think that that's what's so interesting about these these two forces that pull us through time um, is they both have this energy of if we can direct them, that we will be this this force that can kind of move through. Um, and the reason why the chariot is the is a you know also a card of this like celebration is because it is this understanding of the embodiment of not only who we authentically are and where we're we want to direct the divine will but it also shows the embodiment and the containment of esoteric knowledge um you know the chariot being the square is going to represent the overcoming but also the foundational stance of the four elements within this reality. So right away, we can see that the individual understands the clay from which he was formed. Um, and there's this, this component, um, you know, with the solar or below it and the wings to really kind of show this aspect that it's, it's also within the four elements, we have found the light of consciousness. Um, and so life is seen within the four elements. And so, 
as above, so below. And it, it really is this understanding of the micro and the macro and that you can find God in the smallest pebble of sand in the biggest galaxy. Um, it's all the same kind of universal housing unit. It just depends on the size. Um, and so with these, these champion of the four elements, it shows this, this ability to understand the fire, air, earth, and water components that make up not only the physical reality, but more the archetypal reality. Um, and so we can even look at the four elements of like, um, you know, the, the mysteries of nature, um, the understanding of her cycles and patterns. And when we champion and rise above it, like we, like we kind of spoke about with that, like erect posture, it shows that like, by we grow and by like learning the by learning these cycles and patterns of nature we become rooted in them and we use them as a foundation to actually blossom above um and what we so we kind of have this idea of like you know feet on the ground but head in the mm-hmm. clouds and we see this you know championing with you know his belt which is the astrological constellations and then the stellar you know cap of the chariot or the the tarp above it um it's like the the headdress that wears it it's it's the knowledge of the stars so it's the knowledge of the elements it's the knowledge of the stars it's the procession of the equinoxes as it goes across his waist um all of this is kind of showing that why we're celebrating with the chariot is because we've contained our knowledge and and we're now con- we're like a contained vessel of principle and purpose um, that has a direction. And although it's like our heart's direction where it's not going to be probably this like direct linear, do this step and then that step, but more of like, as we step, the universe presents the next block or, you know, part of the path. Um, and it kind of presents it as we go through this unfoldment, but we do have this, this, this champion of the esoteric understanding. Um, and it's all contained within the vessel. And I think that that's such an important part to understand. It really starts to pick up on this idea of us closing our circuit. Um, what do we let into our consciousness? What does not allow in our consciousness? Who do we let into our space? Who does not belong in our space? What, what experiences do we kind of like strive to pull into our life? What experiences do we try to, you know, um, push away from us. So it's, it really so shows this like self-contained vessel, but it's, it's in accordance with this universal knowledge. And so we definitely have this almost hermetic graduation. Um, it being the seventh mm-hmm. card in that alchemical process of it being the seventh step. But, you know, even in our conversations with alchemy, you know, the eighth step, just like the eighth hermetic principle of gestation is, you know, the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. And so there's like this continuation process of this circuit, but definitely the awareness of, of this aspect that our reality responds to us. Um, now it responds to all of the other conscious creators. Um, and we're in a currency to in like a, in a sea of current con- of the currency of consciousness together, but we have a say in the code that we put into this right. shared reality. And by through this understanding of the chariot, we, we really understand how that code gets played back to us. Um, and how we experience this five sense reality has, you know, a lot to do with what we put into this five sense reality. And that's what this chariot really shows us. It shows us a, a, a better direction 
of what kind of code we want to put into the processing of this reality. So it returns back what we, which we desire, which is with the chariot and the champion of these esoteric understanding would definitely be wisdom. It would be more of this, this like sphinx kind of leading of life. Um, that I think is, is really important. But, um, but yeah, you know, so many, and even of course, like the moon plates right. of the three moons that are on the chest. Um, so many things, but I would love to kind of get your feelings on, on the actual chariot and the rider, if anything, from the, you know, even the outfit or the garb is how they would probably say it back in the day. Um, did anything kind of jump out from you in that that you wanted to no, talk about? I mean, about? the main thing that it, that it popped out for me, and again, this this whole thing is just all wrapped up into one understanding of why it's a victory and why it, you know we have clear direction, determination, um, purpose. You know, all of it is is right there, and I think that's the, my favorite thing about the occult when you find out about other, you know ancient mysteries or even just imagery that sort of is aiding you or eluding you that there is a victory to come and it's only so you can rise to the next next octave as we talked about before a higher vibration and so you know the one thing that i was trying to figure out with the crest we kind of like i said we talked about already but you know even the stars you know understanding that there's this infinite um you know uh path you know there's there's the the, the universe is so um not just larger than the chariot the 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 charioteer i can i can't ever really say that uh this doesn't seem right but the charioteer you know representing how um it there's there's this infinite you know path i should as you're saying to connecting to this divinity to the cosmos to understanding like you know as you said earlier with as above so below you know it's just um, very clear on what it's representing. You know, the moons definitely, you know, I, I read on some article about how it's sort of the, um, the understanding of the, um, the comedy and the tragedy, you know, it's just like, and what these half moons represent or these crescent moons rather represent, uh, on the shoulders, you know, it's like what you're carrying with you on your life. You know, uh, there's a lot of emotional, um, uh, emotional room, I should say, or room for, you know, growth in that, in that, with that emotional force that's going to be evolving into a full, uh, moon. I think, I thought that was interesting on how that's, that's there, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in anything like that. It's just, again, I like to look at these things, studying them and then kind of look away for a second and come back and go, well, you know, it's interesting that they're crescent moons, you know? Um, you know, you bring it up with the chariot and I'm glad that you brought up the moon, because the moon is the component of memory. And if we think about the chariot as a closed, closed circuit, well, the chariot contains all of your past cycles and patterns. Um, even the cycles and patterns is how you were nurtured when you were younger. Um, and so there is this aspect of like, how do we carry the past without causing too much weight so we don't move forward, mm -hmm. but still carrying what it, it comes from, you know, and, and radiating with that, with that energy. Um, and so we're always kind of coming to this, this component with, with the chariot of, of how the container operates um, and just how impressionable it is um, and just how sacred it is, you know, the will and direction, the where we put the mask of our spiritual boat 
is is one of the the biggest challenges to uncover as an individual. And what the chariot is really kind of doing is calling us to to celebrate that idea that you are on your path and you're you're making it happen and you make it happen through, you know, just learning to ride better each and every day. Um and it kind of leads to this this component of the spiritual discernment that we're that we're kind of looking for. Um and you know, so this this theme of like application and experience that the chariot brings, well, the chariot even allows for us to understand what past experiences were. Um, and I saw a great quote um in a breakdown of it as, you know, good days bring happiness, bad days bring experiences, worst days give lessons, and the best days give memories. Well, all of this is contained in your chariot, all four of those. And if we can start to see it as happiness, experiences, lessons, and memories, all of a sudden we're going to be able to activate and operate that the vessel on which our soul is carried and pulled through this reality in, in a much more, you know, philosophical championing way. Um, and that's again why we are looking in this in this term of achievement um with this this kind of card but again the future is so unwritten and even the background with you know the 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 yellow it it doesn't it can't really determine if it's you know the sun at like midday at 12 o'clock noon is it the sun slowly gonna like setting mm-hmm. behind it is it the dawn? Um, I think that's a very interesting thing to, to kind of even explore. Um, but definitely the idea that the, the divine will is being guided. Um, and Mars finds purpose. So Mars doesn't have to feel like it, it must rebel because it doesn't feel like the inner heart is being served. Right. Right. I mean, I know that the card and we never talk about the card, you know, in reverse, but it does talk about that. I love the component of the, of the color. It's, it's sort of, um, uh, not unanimous, but sort of, uh, it's, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? You know, it, it's vague about whether it is the dawn and the beginning or coming to, a, a, a to closure, you know? And I think that's something that we always have to reflect on if we're going to be moving into this understanding of the higher self. Like, is it time to reflect? Is this the time for self-reflection or is this a time for, you know, taking the will and the power and making a decision that needed to be made either a long time ago but in the time now is correct or is it the time to maybe take take a step back and and reassess you know where we're going to put all our cards into and i think that's a you know a great way to basically even describe even our approach to life i mean whatever leads you to you know wanting to better yourself i mean that's that's what you really want to you know strive for is just you know make the world around you and make the world within you a better place you know and it starts with within and i think that's the steps we've led up to with alchemy and with um the tarot so far is that we are in a place now that it's up to us whether this is the end or the beginning but if it is the beginning you know uh only only up from here if we can you know to the top and and as well as in the bottom to make sure that we reach you know a heightened state but also share it with others and expand on the uh, on the ground down below uh, at all times and so i feel like we're kind of seeing that simultaneously happening here as he rides away from the city, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the chariot, I think when you think about it in its inversion is a, 
is a very telling story of our creations be overtaking us. Um, it's like the inversion of the pentagram when the four elements, you know, when sensation and desire rules over the ether, well, it's, it's destruction. Um, you know, it's, there's a, a unique courage that this card illuminates out and it's the courage to be guided by purpose. Um, and that's, I think it's when we, when we really kind of, um, you know, move towards that and receive that, that guidance that comes from that, this card, um, very much can be celebrated. And so I love yeah. everything you were saying, man. I think like the power of what you are able to do with this episode in terms of mm-hmm. bringing up the Sphinx first was just like exactly what I, I was looking for. That's why I was smiling. I was cool. like, yes, like we're getting cool. to the core of it, cool. which is what this victory is. Sure. It's sort of yeah, hard to explain, no. you know, it's kind of hard to explain like, oh, do we just get into like, this is a victory and this is why, or do we like break it down microscopically and then we lead up to like, and now there's a victory. It's like, no, that's not what the chariot is showing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause it's, it's definitely like, you know, the victory in, in process, you know, right. um, because it is this, it's this it's this like movement towards it's like touching your feet into the pool of what the mystics bathe in, but there's still, you know, so much work that needs to be kind of guided and experienced through. But now we have the container to process it. Um, And it's, it's, it's a sounding board of reflection. Um, One of the reasons you need boundaries is so like when you vibrate something, it bounces back to you and you can like reflect on that. Um, And so that's also, you know, a very big component. So um but yeah, man, I think you said some great things. Um, do you want to just kind of close it down and just like, obviously you can cut whatever out of it, but do you want to just kind of be like, well, perfect. We'll, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to kind of continuing this talk on the chariot. Yeah, absolutely. I okay. mean, you could have just said that, but uh, yeah. So I know there's a lot that we want to conclude. And right now on this higher note, I think that we should make this part two. And I think that we should continue with the closing episode of part two of the chariot because really i mean reaching this this number in in the major arcana you know there's there's going to be some inward um information that we're going to break down and it's good to see the outward victory of what is going on on the internal at all times but especially with this card so um you know i want to thank sure. to everybody who's out there still listening we love your messages and everything you uh you know write us about everything that you message us on on social media and um it's just good seeing you, man. Like I could just talk to you about anything. We could just go off course. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, all the love, all the love to each and every one of you and just how much of an honor it is to be on this spiritual journey with all of you. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to look, look deeper into this chariot and, um, you know, um, continue that. So I guess until next time, until next time.